Well, good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, wherever you are, No Labels, No Limits podcast listeners. Today, I am really excited to share with you my guest, Sally Saint. Sally's coming to you from the UK, and she is a therapist, Reiki worker. She's just had an interesting experience and path, I think, is the best way to describe it. And today we're really talking about dropping the robe of invisibility. So Sally, before we dive into what that means and how you got there, will you share a little bit more about yourself with the listeners? Yeah, certainly. I call myself in many ways an energy worker. I'm an artist, a healer, writer, but I feel energy. And this has been something that's been with me for many, many years. I've done the qualifications, but it's just part of who I am. And this also helps me understand where children are because children feel beautifully. So it's a very strong link I have with them. And it's something that's always been there for me. Animals were a massive part of my childhood. And how I linked with them was on a different level because they meant so much to me. But also I respect energy an awful lot. So it's a big part of who I am. So talk about the whole concept of the invisibility robe, how that came into being and, and the necessity for it. Certainly. I will go for personally. Initially, I will go personally. For me personally, I was brought up with fear-based parents. And so they loved me. There was, But being fear-based, a lot of experiences, a lot of things happened in the home just because they didn't have the strength and courage to say no. And so I was surrounded by very tense, toxic people. There was an alcoholic living workman that was there for most of my childhood, uh, various influences. So for me, I was bullied in school also. So for me, the invisibility robe was my way of protecting my energy. So although my I knew the love that was there. My family couldn't or they didn't understand or how to protect. I was always sensitive. So for me, the robe was a way of protecting what I had. So it was a necessity. And I do feel that a lot of people do that same thing. They have this robe around them, which may shrink them, but also it protects them while it's needed. And then when they come into their own and they start coming out into the world, it's time for them to drop it. And I was very, I'm very thankful I linked with the right people. So I trained with the right people. The right people came into my life and they helped me with this, giving me tools of how to drop it. And so part of my journey and my working with others is to support them with the tools I actually learned myself, is that how to then, when you're ready and when the time is right, how you can drop it. So when the time is right, somebody would know that because they would feel safe or they would feel less of a need for the robe? Absolutely. And then when that feeling of safety comes, they'll have massive uncomfortableness then. So you'll have this feeling of release, but then you'll have this feeling of absolute, it feels like a pressure cooker because something is getting ready to release. And that's when sometimes people panic and they need that guidance of this is exactly what you're meant to be feeling because you're being urged to let this go. But it can feel immensely intense, quite fearful, quite frightened as well. Because you're like, well, is it safe to okay energetically or yourself is going, well, I, you know, can I do this? What, what's going to happen if I do this? Is it going to be all right? So you face this big wall of fear. And this is the importance of linking with others. So you understand what's going on and that you don't back off because energetically you could still stay closed, but also that restricts your life massively because you're in a box. So it seems to me, and I know for myself, this is true. So I'll speak just for myself, not for all the world, but yeah, when you hit that place where 
if I'm understanding you correctly, the pressure cooker, and there's that feeling of, is it safe to let it go? But there's also the knowing that you have to let it go. As scary as it is, staying where you are is no longer an option. No, it's not. No, because it's almost like this understanding of now you're in this safe place. You can't go back. You can't. And so you have, it's almost like you have the, the impasse of this energy saying you can't go back, but at the same time, you're afraid to go forward. And this is why it feels like a pressure cooker. Because you're, you're there going, I can't, where do I go? I can't. There's nowhere to go. So what typically in your work, you know, as a therapist and working with parents and kids, is there a typical kind of wake up call or um, series of events that leads someone into that place where they say, enough, I need to drop this. And they may not have the words that you have, right? To understand what they have. So yeah, is there a basic path that you see people take or a series of events? Yeah, there's usually usually a big event will happen. Our children call us immensely. And so when you have a child, they'll be calling you all the time. If you haven't already done it, they will be continually calling, saying, drop this, drop this, drop this. Um, It can be a tense, intense feeling being around them because they, when you have a child, they immediately make you contact your inner child. So any work you need to do, they're knocking on that door. So they are a big wake-up call. You could have an experience that may seem minor, but blow up massively. And so it could be like the straw that breaks the camel's back is a beautiful saying. So something so simple could just crack it. And so those are the typical things I'm seeing. But it's happening because the person is ready. So although you may feel like your life's falling apart or you feel like you're falling apart, energetically, you are 100% ready. And so your true core is saying, let's do this now. So did you experience your own wake-up call to go from, to becoming what you are now and how the work you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. It was my son ultimately that gave me the courage and the bond, this pure light when they come into your life, when you look into their eyes, it was this contract of now it's time. And I'd worked on myself before. I'd worked on massive things before. That hecky thump, when I had him, boy, did it come. And every single like ancestral pattern I'd taken on or, you know, all those like contracts that you feel are from the past, every single one came up and I did every single one because of the love of this child and the love that he was showing me through his eyes. And this was when he was tiny. So there was the verbalization. This was from the word get-go. And it's just, it was one after another after another because it needed to be. Because I had many layers to work through, even though I'd worked massively before, this was real deep stuff. But it's because I had his love, and I understand that now. The universe gave me his love to then, it was like a reminder of who I really am, seeing that pure love, that pure love bundle in front of you. And I just continued. And it came, I can honestly say it came one after another, after another, after another. It was the most intense period of my life, continual barrage of, but it was so worth it. And I was given the guidance. I had tools before from the work I'd done before. So they came into place immensely, but it was him. And this reminder of love. So talk about the specific tools, because I know oftentimes people say, well, just show me the book, the pro, whatever, right? What is the tool so I can get from here to there? But when you say you've done previous work, Help our listeners understand what that work entailed. Was it a therapy? Was it movement, body? What yes. type of work? Yeah, I did shamanic work. And so I did, it was uh, four times a year. 
on the equinoxes and solstices. And this was deep, intense work on myself. It was four days away. And I learned on these, every single one, tools that have been with me for the rest of, but also I felt like I was coming home. So that's why it was like I had this inbuilt understanding of this feels so right. There'd been many things before. And the tools that you talk about, I have, let's say the energy work helps me, the fact I can feel energy because I understand that even though your head's going mental when something's about to pop, energetically, I can understand I'm processing and it's going to happen. It's okay. So I, because I can read energy, I can read my own, which is, but then my head will still give me what for. It doesn't mean that you're there going, oh, this is great. And yeah, the tools, I will give you some basic tools that I learned was regarding expression, if you've held a lot in, is to write down and start the writing process and write down and boon. And this is one of the most simple ways of starting that release and opening up because you can let loose on the paper absolutely anything and then burn it. So that is one of the simplest tools that can start this process. And then there's deeper and then it's, it's really helpful to work with other people. But if you're there, sat there and you feel like the pressure cooker's about to blow and you're sat here thinking, oh my God, what's going to happen? Get this piece of paper. Just It doesn't matter if you can't even read it yourself, but just it will open the door beautifully, but always burn it because you're starting the release process. And this, this is your friend and keep going. So that's an A1 starter that's really simple when your head's about to blow off. What is so interesting to me about that, because I really think synchronicity is in play all the time. Yeah. So have you read anything around basically that tool of writing, longhand writing and then burning or destroying as it relates to pain management? No, I haven't. Not with well, that one. But I know there's lots of crossovers for many. Well, yeah. it's amazing. So this, yeah. there's a great book, and I'll share it with you later. But this doctor, is he's actually cut the number of surgeries he's done because now he makes his patients, especially if it's not acute pain, right? And he can't find yeah. a structural reason for it. He has found that patients who enter into this preoperative work, which he has them do, often come back and they don't need surgery, right? The pain has been diminished, but it's that process of expressive writing and destroying it. Absolutely. And when I work on people, because I do, I do Reiki, reflexology and massage. And when I'm treating people, because I'm bringing the healing element in as well, I could be massaging an area and a situation will come out. Something, a past will come through as I'm working on. And that's the same thing of this, the memory and the pain. So I'll have a pain somewhere, you work on it and a memory will pop up. So it's all that, it's all interlaced. And connected, it sounds like. Yeah. And do you see it repeat? Are you seeing it generationally repeat? So like you said, your family couldn't necessarily help you, but you've no. done the work so that it won't necessarily repeat in your son. Yeah, I have this, uh, the Native American, this beautiful saying that you change things, your, whatever you do changes things to seven generations in front and behind so you can heal things. So also it's that feeling of when you're releasing for those behind you as well. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I honestly, truly and energetically feel every time I step forward, every time I speak for the children, every time I'm there, I know it's like I'm peppering that energy in front of my son. So someone will they be, will be there for him because I'm there for. So I always feel that I'm laying these little footprints for him and these little breadcrumbs in front of him positively. Someone will be there for him. Someone will step in. Everything I do, I always feel 
are making a difference because of that. So again, in front and behind, in front and behind, you're always, you're making a difference, not just for you. And when it's a generational thing, it just feels so healing when you've had, because there's a lot of repressive females in my past. So when you open up, it's beautiful that you're healing for them as well. So isn't that a beautiful gift for the line? It's a huge gift. And I, I think especially for women, because I think we wear more cloaks. Yeah, Simply absolutely. I do. And I know personally, I do, I have, right? And then yeah. sometimes you don't even know until you no longer wear it. Exactly. Yeah. And we're continuing to work, you know, we're continuing to work on ourselves as well. So we're, you know, I'm sure you're the same. I'm very human in saying I am continuing to work on myself because that's part of being human and that's part of growing. And, but also that means that when we connect with others, we're real and that's what people want. One of the things I read that you wrote that I just thought was so, it connected with me personally and just the conversations that I've been having recently with a wide variety of people, not even in the same industry or geolocation, but you really talked about working and having your faith and the transformation of us as individuals, like you're talking yeah. about, but yeah. really moving from societal-led to heart-led lives. And I don't even know exactly what that means, but it so resonated with me. Can you talk more about that? Absolutely. I will go, I was telling my initial experience because it was the societal led, a lot of people will resonate with this. When you become a parent, immediately you have all these systems come around you. So you have the midwives, you have the health visitors, you have the doctors, and they will be, it's like they're expecting you to make decisions straight away. But these are a societal prescription. So this is like the, it's like a quite intense understanding of what societal led means because you have a lot of people with a lot of strong opinions but they're a blanket opinion and that there's no give at all for individuality. So that's societal and that's like a blanket opinion. And if you then go out into the supermarket or go out and just hear people's conversation, when there is a, it's like people talk about money, if they're talking negatively about money, there'll be a whole system. That's a societal belief, but it's not the truth. And so this is the societal led. It's like a prescriptive opinion but it's just it's that and you will see it but your heart will be telling you actually this just doesn't sit well I felt it massively when I became a parent because there were so many of these systems come around and none of them felt because my heart was telling me something completely different and that's when I saw the intensity of these societal robes and these societal systems and beliefs but they're not the truth are those the when you talk about that you actually talked about a health system first but then I'm wondering to the, the degree to which you see those systems be connected to the like groups of people. So you may have you staying with the medical exists. Yes. You could have a same medical team somewhere else who has yeah. a different shared value. So would their societal led decisions be different, or is it that big of a blanket that it goes cross values, I guess? I think there are, with the medicals, there's a lot of similarities no matter where you are because, like, I won't go do too deeply into it, but straight away there's vaccinations they talk about and within weeks they want you to vaccinate your baby. There isn't the information as to what's actually in the vaccinations and that's just a that's one of the things. I breastfed full term and immediately the health visitors were, well, you have to wean at this date. And that, again, because I've done uh, work with the Leche League, I did some training with the Leche League, which is, a, again, this is a big 
big movement, not just in the UK. And so my understanding grew with this, that this is not just a country thing, this is a worldwide thing, and that there is this decision, someone decides that a child should be weaned at this date, this date, and it's it's that thing that people are just... And do you know something? These people come from the heart. Um, you know, the, the health visitors and that, they're your first port of call, but they're blinded by things as well because they're just taking on the information and not questioning it. Or even if they do question it, maybe they don't stay in the job. But it's that kind of thing where there is a rule, but not a lot of like understanding behind it. People are just doing what's expected of them and they're just doing a blanket rule that's just one rule when i deal with the medical but societal led if you go further the foods that are pushed out there is a big thing you know there's all these kind of movements of we don't realize how much we're being trained towards a certain thing how marketing is encouraging us to go a certain way think stop think you know people are using color therapy in food because they understand with marketing they put a color on something you go to it what think beyond what it's like you know they're training us so just stop and think that how clever people are being but you know is it for the right reasons do you actually want to eat this food or you know there's so much food with my son bless him that's got like cartoons and and it's like superheroes on it and he'll pick some up and superhero you know the market why is there a superhero on them mum I said there's no actual reason why there should be a superhero on it other than to encourage kids to pick it up and tell their mums to buy it you know it's just this is the societal things of it's quite funny when you go that way but it's like it's like, you know, wake up. There's, you know, we're being very well trained. <laughs> we are indeed being very well trained. So, and it is broader now, especially with the reach of social media and we get images. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, there's really no boundaries. So you can't say, well, in my town, we don't do that because your town yeah. is every town. Exactly. And because we're so linked now, like I say, with social media and things, that means the voices or the societal systems are linked as well. So there is this continuity amongst them as well. But your heart is where you should come from with every decision. And your heart is clear. The heads will find it quite difficult, especially when you're doing something different than what quite a number of voices are, are saying. But your heart will be really clear and your child is a really positive link in just coming from this heart center because that's where they come from. So they are very clear when they're younger, before they get influenced, they're very clear on what they do and don't want to do. And so they show you beautifully that they don't get the head involved. You know, it's that's great. That's not. I want to do this. I don't want to do that. And they don't care what someone else thinks they want. They know what they want to do. They know who they are. We get a bit, we, that's the thing when we get lost is that we listen to other people more than ourselves. So besides the expressive writing as a way to start clearing that out, is there some other suggestion you might have that help people come a little closer to who they truly are versus who they are today, but who are they more at their core? Yeah. One of the other great, great tools that everybody's got is nature. So there is no pretense in nature is pure love. So you can go trees. I always find amazing. I paint trees. I write painting as well. You know, art is another because that's pure expression. So allow yourself just to create art. But nature is your number one. And if you've got physical disabilities, just being on your lawn, hearing birds sing, you know, it doesn't have to be, if you can get out into the mountains, fantastic, but just do what you can and just sit with that. 
the changing of the seasons is something beautiful to watch in that nature, the beautiful trees have the massive leaves, then they drop them, they go within. So they help us understand that there's a time for us to blossom. There's time for us to grow. There's time for us to shed. So we shed what isn't needed and we go within. So if you're unsure of how you're feeling about your own cycle, because there'll be days when you feel euphoric and there'll be days you want to shut yourself in your room. If you look at the cycle of a tree, and just even on the internet, if you look at the spring, summer, autumn, winter of a tree that does shed their leaves, it will help you understand when the tree is bare of leaves, that's what's happening with you right now is that you're going within. So as you come in the spring and the summer, new growth. So look at the cycle of nature and it will understand what you are doing. You are shedding when you are feeling very uncomfortable, quite protective of yourself is when you're released as well. You just feel like, well, do you know something? I really don't want to be around other people. So just on there, you know, and just see, and that's okay. When you are processing, it's okay to have really crap days when you want to scream. And if you haven't got the kids in the house, then let it out. But, you know, nature is a great, great, great tool. It is. And I love that you reminded people that if you can't have access to like walk out and be in nature, we do have the internet, which is now can show us so much that we might. And if I'm in traveling and I'm in a dense city and there's not even planting and stuff that I can see or get to, it's help. You can actually look at nature and be reminded of that. But I like how you tie back into the cycle, even if we're not in that season currently, we could mentally be in that season of going. Yeah, yes. And if you're feeling quite raw and quite naked, then if you're feeling, you could actually draw just a tree with no leaves on and just understand when you look at it, understand this is what you're going through, but the tree still is there. This tree is still, the roots are there. It's just, it's, it's that time of going within. So these are all the, like the simplest tools because, do you know something, when you're really processing, you don't want something too complicated because it's too much for you. You want something really simple that can work. And also if you are, if you have got disabilities, like you said, the internet, you've got lovely mantras, meditations and things like that. And if you feel that perhaps it might be, perhaps you're not quite there yet, just you know, having a, a beautiful the lotus flower or the just something there just to remind you of who you are because energetically you will still pick it up. Ask someone to pick a leaf for you if you're in a wheelchair or something. Ask your friend to pick a leaf and hold that leaf in your hand and feel it. And what you will have is the energy of that leaf. So you may not understand, but that simple thing can actually work with you. Rub it in your hands and that skin to skin contact with nature is just as powerful as walking in the mountains. So never, ever think that what your physical body is maybe limiting you in, don't allow it to limit your releasing. One thing you just said that I wonder if people heard was if you feel limited. So I'm going to take it away from the example of being in a wheelchair and make it a little more of a metaphor. But when I feel limited and I can't reach that leaf, whatever the leaf is, right? You said just ask someone. So sometimes the asking is the yeah. breaking the barrier, right? Absolutely. And that Absolutely. can be very tough. That first step of just asking, like, could you get this for me or could you help me? Yeah. But also that's another part of the healing is asking for help. So asking for a leaf is almost a very neutral thing to do. The next time you ask them when you could actually be telling them what's going on. So it's like you're chiseling away a hole to start that process of connecting with others. When we have these robes, we do actually limit 
the better people in our lives. So that's part of the rope thing. When we protect ourselves, we don't have so many people around us. We don't let so many people in. So doing something really simple, it could be the postman knocking on the door. And you ask him to, you know, oh, there's a leaf on the floor. Could you pick it up for me? So it could be something as simple as that, but it will actually, you're saying, you're asking for help, but in a very, very, and you're actually saying, I want people in my life, but it's just the very subtlest start of doing it, of opening up to others. And it will feel uncomfortable initially. It will feel uncomfortable. You'll feel like you're asking for the moon. And for them, they're happy to help. Exactly. They're just seeing a leaf. They're not even, you know, and it's like, and also when you see someone give, when you see the look on, on the face of someone, they give you something. It's a pleasure to them. It's no burden to them. That's the whole part of being, is linking with others. And that's the whole thing of the rope stops you from linking for, with others. When you open up, you, the links will come and there'll be beautiful links and it will encourage you on. So from the postman, could be your next door neighbor, could be whatever. It will just, it will start, start the baller rolling. So as we start to wind this down a bit, if you were to think about yourself at your son's age now, yeah. how old is your son now? Eight. Perfect. I was That's thinking he was seven, but. No, he's, he's, he's just had his birthday. So he's the eight. He's the very symbolic number eight. So yeah. <laughs> that is kind of a powerful number. Absolutely. Abundance, you continuum. You know, you could just go on and on. You know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if you were able to be yourself at his age, what advice or tips might you give yourself knowing the road and what you've already learned now? to help you see things differently, maybe, or to progress however. It's quite interesting. I did an art therapy course online, and part of it was to, you talk to yourself, and you went, you went back, and you did a letter to yourself. So actually, what I would have given to myself in the life I was in, the life experiences I was in at his age, was that everything's happened for a reason, and that you will be coming through the other side, but everything has meaning. And what is beyond it, everything you're experiencing is a gift and what you have is a gift. Because my sensitivity, I wasn't around others who understood my sensitivity. So I would be saying, honor what you've got and that it's a great gift and it will see you beyond this, but you're learning so much, so very much and hold on in there. That's a powerful lesson for all kids to have and for ourselves as adults to give ourselves that permission going back. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I do feel that when you do this work, you are healing your past as well. So any one of you right now, you can talk to yourself at that age. So go back and what would you say to yourself then? So if you've had trauma in your childhood, go and talk to that. And whichever age is pivotal to you, where you had something happen to you, go back to that age and just give that child love. You're giving yourself love. You just stopped me there for a minute because I was just thinking of all the different stages and how kids kind of evolve and reflecting like, okay, you're five, you're eight, you're 13, you're, you know, there's just so many milestones you go through as a kid and wondering in for you specifically being as sensitive and energetic as you were as a child, did you understand that you were different in that way and what it meant? Yeah, I did. I do feel, and this is why animals were immensely important to me because there was no other, my art was an outlet as well. My art meant the world to me, but the animals, because my understanding with animals is something that's just, it stayed with me. The whole of, I always had an animal beside me, no matter what it was, I always had an animal. And that was my link to my authentic and purity was this is, I know who I am. And that was the place I was me. It's with them. 
and my artwork as well, my art. Do you work with animals today? I did. I've got animals now. I, I have worked with animals. I had animal communication. I had a horse of my own that was phenomenal. And um, it ripped me apart when he passed over because he was amazing. The communication we had, the link we had, the bond we had, even talking about it, my being. And he was there for me at the most intense period in my life because there was massive death going on. But I've always had this animal beside me. And horse is a personal power. So that's the, you know, the Native American meaning, personal power. And when I was with him, the, it was like reminding all the time, this is who you are. And this is what animals give. They are just phenomenal. Thank you. I agree with you. And it's yeah. uh, sometimes when you just pause and watch, you get your messages that you need. Yeah, from the animals. absolutely. And oftentimes it's like, get over yourself. It's all good. Turn around. Let's have a snack. Exactly. You know, the, yes. Or just, or scratch me. You know, I really need to be scratched right now. So much for your head stuff. Give me a scratch. It levels everything, doesn't it? You know, get real, you know? <laughs> it, does. it does. And I can't imagine not having, I just no. can't imagine not having that energy around no. me. No, it makes, and it feels like a home as well when they're there, you know, and it's a wonderful gift for children as well to have animals around them too. It is. uh, I appreciate that you shared that. So as we wrap here, where do you want people to reach out to you and like, what's next for you? Okay. My website is www.sallysaints.co.uk. On there is my Instagram, my email, my Facebook page reach out to me, especially if you're coming to that point of the pressure cooker's about to blow and you haven't got anyone around you right now, you contact me. Where I am going, the more I'm doing the work as a voice for the children, the stronger it's getting, the stronger it's feeling. I feel like there's more and more children behind me saying, do this, do this. I'm understanding that I'm clearing a path that needs to be cleared. I'm giving parents tools they're meant to have because We have to maintain the children as they are, not conform them to the society that's around them. And that's a really clear message. It's a really simple one as well. So this is where I'm going and I'm being guided as well. So it's like every conversation with someone is taking more of a level, but I do feel there's like a million and one voices behind me and then channeling through me when it happens. And again, it's part of that being an energy worker, as I understand. I worked a lot with animals in the past, and I helped a lot with animals in the past. And, but that was just, it was almost like a preparation for this, because children's energy is as pure, and the vibration they're on is the same as the animals, that pure love. So I'm taking on this role, and I'm honoring it, and I'm loving every minute of it, because I understand I'm making a, a difference for behind and in front, and I'm empowering parents. When we become parents, we feel overwhelmed, but also we think we should be carrying on. Well, we we must act like we're perfect. We must act like we know what we're doing. It's okay to actually say, well, actually, I haven't got a flipping clue. And that's the most empowering place to come from is that actually, I don't know, because then you're open and you're questioning rather than I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm just going to carry on and you're bracing yourself and and I'm going to pretend if someone asks me, oh, it's great. I'm having the most amazing time. And it's okay. You can relax and just admit that there's, there's more to this and you want to do things differently. Thank you very much. That's very freeing. Yeah. Very freeing to have that permission to just be real. Yeah. I'm thinking of all the parents I know and the yes. little kids I know, and your work really is important because more and more, I think we really are trying to squish kids into 
conforming in one way or another so that they fit our systems or whatever. Yeah. And there's a big line of perfection at the moment as well, which I'm concerned about. You have the media, the social media, and everyone's putting up the perfect pictures up there. But I'm just concerned that also people are expecting their children to be perfect. And that's the worst mantle in the world to hand on. It's, what a, press, it's a massive pressure. Massive pressure. Yes. Pictures do not tell the whole story. No. And don't try and make a child into one either. They're, they're human and they're going to grow. Thank you, Sally, for your time today. and. I'm just excited to share you with our listeners and hopefully, well, I know there are many parents among them. Um, So hopefully you'll hear from some. Yes. Go to your website and learn more Mm -hmm. about you and your energy work and really freeing. And I will be visiting because I'm going to keep checking out the robe work. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, Sally. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the No Labels, No Limits podcast. We hope you like what you heard. And if you did, we ask that you go over to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to the podcast and leave us a rating and review. If you know someone who would enjoy this podcast, please be sure to share. And until next time, have a great week living a No Labels, No Limits, and No Excuses life.